Welcome to People's Church radio program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com. We want to welcome you to our Sunday service in Choose Life. And that is something that we are going to continue to focus on today. Um, The title that I've entitled today's is simply, There is no option. It's war. That is the life of the believer and the life of anybody that's going to break out of the boundaries of comfort where we just don't challenge life and all that it can bring and go and get it. We'll be talking about Joshua. Joshua is a very interesting character because he was told that he is going to actually go against here. Everywhere he went, God was going to give him that land. We're going to talk about warfare. We're going to talk about the enemy a little bit today. But let me do a little reporting for you on this day. It's been 14 months since we entered into this COVID era. And in this era, this church has operated within the restrictions throughout those 14 months. We have, uh, say, to the 15%, we've done social distancing and seating. All of our programs have operated the same way. We have very good ventilation that we've worked to the nines. And I want to report to you that after 14 months, we don't know of one case of COVID that originated out of our programs or any activity on our part in these 14 months. That's something that we can say thank you Lord on and thank you you've put in a big effort. You know what I don't like about this era is how things necessarily have been carried out. There's no question we needed a little bit more controls on certain things but the way that we carried it out the spirit of shame and fear and guilt and intimidation that has been used are nothing but the spirit of the enemy. I want to say that. I'm not calling our political leaders that. I'm saying this is the ways of the world. This is the things that are literally tools in the hands of the enemy. And we see the division being created within our society. I'm concerned for our church family because there's such polarization now that has transpired. And maybe we need to remember that it's not about these things. We're up against an enemy far greater than COVID or any kind of power politically we are up against the enemy and he is there to sow division he is there to use intimidation and fear it is about war though for the saints as Christians we are called to live to the kingdom of God that is ultimately our thing. Our thing is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our spirit is one in devotion towards the Lord of that kingdom, Jesus. We lift up his name. We treasure what he's called us to. We treasure the good news of Jesus. So we are in an interesting time, but I want you to know the clock is ticking on some of this. And uh, we really need to look at what has been sowed now, the seeds into our society, and what is causing people to turn against each other, and what is causing the kinds of upheavals that we're starting to see. See, I get concerned about souls, not just physical health. I get concerned about the condition of souls, souls in families, souls in our communities, souls that are dealing with mental and emotional things 
souls that end up seeing no value or having a meaningless sense of existence and so doing horrible things and thereby losing their lives and losing also their futures, their idea of dreams. There's so much that we have put on this altar of sacrifice these last 14 months. But we must recognize the spirit that is going to do the greatest damage. The greatest evil that we face is Satan and his kingdom. He opposes, he's resistance, that's what he does. And he uses these tools that have come out and been used so aggressively. You know, when we see this kind of thing approach, it's time that we stand up as children of light. We stand up and we serve Christ. I'm not talking about political things here. I am talking about your responses. That in a society that's divisive, you push for unity. You push for reconciliation. You are here to bring about the grace of God in society. You are not here to choose a side or to attack. You are here instead to support the effort efforts of the Holy Spirit in our midst and in our communities, which is to bring the good news of Jesus Christ, to put light where there is darkness, hope where there is hopelessness. Christ and his church are still the hope of the world, and they will continue to be. So today, we want to talk to you about, for the believers, the only option is war. It is war. Look at this verse out of Revelation 12, 12. It says, Therefore rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. We learn an awful lot from this verse. First off, uh, Satan, through the cross, the shed blood of Christ, the resurrection of Christ, ha has been defeated, literally kicked out of the heavenly realms in the sense of heaven itself. And he is not somebody now that has that place anymore. And he's been sent down. And now he resists all of those that have faith in the Son of God who so destroyed and crushed the head of the serpent. And so it's pretty amazing that you see here that he comes down, but he also tells us a lot about him, that how pure evil that he really is. He is not just some a being that hates. He is pure hatred. He's not just a being that is angry. It is pure rage and pure wrath. There is nothing to balance that off. It's not in any degree or percentage. It's absolute. His nature can only respond in one way. The prince of this world is warring against the cause of God and truth. And a lot of woe uh, that is, comes to you and to me and to this society, uh, it's never going to end till his power is altogether taken away. And that's going to happen one day when he, his voice will not matter. His voice will not have a place in any part of creation. God will look after that. And he has, and he's doing that right now through you. But you as a believer stand on a redeemed ground. You stand on ground where you are authoritatively in Jesus Christ. In victory already. That's what the atonement has done for us. You know, the fact is that this guy, he knows his time is short. Do you know yours is? Are you in touch with yours? Because your time being short is a really key motivator in life. If you knew you had another 24 hours and that was it, what would you pay attention to? If you could actually know your expiry date from this planet, 
and your beginning in your eternal home with Christ, what would you prioritize? How would that change your perspective? What would that do into the choices that you make each and every day? Well, that has to play into our equation. It plays into his. The scripture that we just read says, because he knows he only has a little bit of time, he's filled with fury. He can see his end is coming. He can see that there's a time when his existence will happen, where it is erased, it is gone. He understands this. And he is working aggressively against he who is our Lord. He is, he is not holding anything back in these days. He is full of fury. Church, you are the people of God on this planet. And so he is going to be against you. He's going to attack you. You want to move beyond the comfort zones that we've been talking about. You want to move into the greater picture of what God's got for you. You want to move into the life that, the, that your limits have actually been designed for. And you leave your comfort zone here, like we have said, we are going out into faith territory. Faith territory means war. This is where the war is. The war is not back here. He doesn't need to be at war with you in comfort. He doesn't need to be at war when you're not in touch with your, your actual destiny in God right now. When you're not moving forward. When you're not taking steps to make things better in all of the ways in your life that you can. When you choose life though and you break beyond this, now you've declared war. You've said I am naturally going to be at war with you simply because he's going to work against anything that's going to bring light. He's going to work against anything that builds a better home, that builds a better life, that builds something to the glory of God. Any step, any move, any little decision that you're going to make, he's going to throw natural resistance against it. And he'll push you back as hard as he can. Joshua was warned about it. But he was also set up with great hope and great faith. So we're going to take a look at his life a little bit. How do, you, how do you win against an enemy like that? Well, number one, Jesus Christ has already purchased your victory. He has crushed the head of the serpent. He has, he has taken away his ultimate authority. He no longer has the keys to hell and to death. And he has given you a victory. A victory over your sins. A victory that says that you are in a place where God rules and where you have surrendered your life ultimately to God. That's what Joshua is asked to do as he takes over from Moses. We're going to take a quick thing at how do you win. Number one, you got to keep clear direction. Joshua 1.1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them. In your, here's your Jordan River, you get passes. You know what the, you know what the meaning of the Jordan River in a type was back then? It meant the river of death because it flows down into the Dead Sea. That is your Jordan River. You need to get beyond just a life of comfort where you seek to always acquiesce to anything that makes life easier. 
and you decide to take on the things of personal change and growth and also take on challenges in this world that God has raised you up for in this time. When you enter that, though, you will be at war. When they entered across the Jordan River, the wars all began. Now they were up against all of the city kingdoms, Jericho being the first. Let me finish this particular portion of Scripture. It says, ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. When you're going to walk by faith and you're going to take on the biggest challenges, you're going to build a better home. You're going to build a better life. You're going to build a better witness. You're going to build a better stewardship of your life. You're going to take your life somewhere. You've decided enough's enough. No more fear, intimidation are going to direct my life. No more acquiescing to any pressures like that. I am going to do the thing that God has called me to do and I know what that means as a father as a mother you know there is no greater warriors than mothers mothers you my mom was an amazing warrior that song that you ladies sang they're down here it was beautiful the words of it were talked about tears and then underlying scriptures oh man I had a big flashback it just went there's my mom tears underlying scriptures that was her that was her bible now, if you knew all of us, boy, you'd know why she cried so much. The idea being is that she was a fighter. She was a warrior. That question is, are you a warrior? Because that is what it's going to take. And he says, I'm going to give you every place where, you're, where you set your foot. If you're going to be like that, you're going to actually step out here. I promise you, I will give you, if you start stepping, this land. But you got to keep walking. you got to keep moving forward. You got to keep these feet going a good direction. You got to keep carrying out what you know is the right things that God has for you in your home. Today's a great day to focus on home when it comes to Mother's Day. You know, you've got a challenge, parents, big time challenge in, in taking a home and building a Christian home these days. And it's going to take the kind of warlike attitude that says, I know what isn't going to be allowed in this home. I know what, what I'm going to make sure is in this home. And you start taking steps on that. And you push through that, that weariness of carrying out the right thing. Isn't there a weariness to carrying out the right thing? And if you continue to push through that, you're going to build something really spectacular. But it will take an attitude of war. You know when you take an attitude of war? It's like you finally cross a line. Have you ever thought about your warring for your home? You're in a warfare for your home. You're in a warfare for your marriage. You're in a warfare for your personal stewardship, for your life being managed towards Christ's glory. That's going to take a warlike attitude. It doesn't just happen. It comes because you cross Jordan and you put your feet somewhere. And he says, I'm giving you that. I'm giving you that. I'm giving you that. I'm giving you that. When we choose life, Satan will resist you because he is all about death. He doesn't hold the keys anymore, so he has to con you. He cons you with comfort. He loves to keep you in a weak spirit that can't respond to any challenges. But this is a day that we recognize we declare war. And that war is for our homes. That war is for our lives. That war is to the glory of Christ. Finally, he says in verse 4, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the river Euphrates, uh, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. He's saying all of this land is going to be yours, but you're going to have to go step it to get it. 
vision, dream, that are right, you know they're right. You know you should have this kind of health in your relationship. You should own all that territory. But you got to take the steps to go get it. And the best thing I can give you today is get warlike. Treat it like you're in war because you are. Because you have a being that's going to resist you with greater and greater resistance the more that you move down. And you best be ready for war. Get on a war footing. Move forward. The second thing is you have to keep a clear direction first. But secondly, be determined and confident. So first he gives them a clear direction. He says, Joshua, here's what. Cross Jordan, here's what you do. Just keep moving. All this land is yours and I'm going to be with you everywhere that you put your foot. He, he says that's the clear direction, clear vision. He knew what to do. Do that with your marriage. Do that with your life. Do that with, do that with your, your kids and parenting. Do that in every aspect of your life. Get on a warlike footing and go win the battle. Get going. Take the steps. Secondly, be determined and confident. Joshua 1, 6 and 7, it goes, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers. Excuse me. To give them. Very important to see this. He's knowing that Joshua is going to need what? Courage. And he's got to be strong and courageous. When you start getting on a warlike footing, those are the things that you're going to need. Because there's going to be, the enemy's going to use intimidation. He's going to use fear. You see, it's not the obstacles in the land that would keep you from it. It's the fear of the obstacles in the land. God said, if you set your foot and you keep going wherever you stand, I promise you, I'm giving you that. It's your fear of those obstacles, not the obstacles themselves. So it's really important for us to understand that we're going to have to be courageous and we have to be strong. You have to be all that God has given you to be and you need to have his strength coursing through your veins, but his strength only courses into your life through a faith that is expressed, that takes you through commitment, that takes you through decision points, that pushes you onward in a warlike thing. Faith is meant for the next step. Faith. Be determined and confident. And then he goes in verse 7, he says, be strong and very courageous. He says it again, repeats it. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. The scriptures, the Bible, not something written by man. It's not some great psychological document. Not some great philosophical uh, document. No, no. The Bible, the authoritative word of God spoken directly from the throne of God through the spirit of God to men and women who wrote the scriptures. So we set our vision and our courage on that. Be determined and confident. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. A lot of turning to the right and left today. I think this is too hard a truth for today. I think we have to actually kind of say it this way or, or maybe just add this to it to make it more relevant easier to digest today that's just going right and left no that will not that will not bring you life 
You choose life, there's no life outside of God's word. So powerful is the word of God that Jesus chose that tool along with prayer to take on the enemy in the weakest of times after 40 days of fasting on the desert. Satan is unleashed to actually attack Christ with temptation. And when he comes and he tempts with each deep temptation that was matched to the challenge to Jesus actually going and taking the ground for us. Jesus going to the cross. Jesus going to victory. Jesus doing it all for us. Every step was being challenged in each of those temptations. Those temptations, Jesus didn't negotiate. He did no right or left turning. He just spoke the scriptures back. The scriptures already written. He didn't even write new scriptures. He didn't bring any new truth, did he? And if anybody could have, he could have. No, he went to the scriptures of the Old Testament and he quoted them out. Because it doesn't change. Get on a war footing. You're at war. You don't even have an option if you're a believer and you want to live like a believer. You are at war. Use the scriptures. Use prayer. Have I not commanded you in verse 9? It says, be strong and courageous. How many times is he going to say this? As many as you need to hear it. I don't know about you. I need to hear it lots. I need to hear God's spirit speaking in my heart. I need to read scriptures like this that go to that part of my life that says, Nelson, just be strong and be courageous. Do you know what that's about? Doing the right thing. Doing the thing I know to do. Doing the thing that God has so authored. That God has said, here is the thing that I want you to do, Nelson. Here is the next step. Choose life. And if you do... Let those hearts ring daily in your heart and mind. Be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you? Oh, now he attaches a command and he says, I'm telling you, commanding you. Because he's saying, you're at war. If you don't do this, you lose. You may be more comfortable, but you'll lose. You can't be comfortable and be a great parent. You can't be comfortable and, 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 and be a, a, a great husband or a wife. You, you can't be comfortable and be a great friend. You can't be comfortable and be a great minister of Christ. And we are all ministers of Christ. You cannot be comfortable and carry out the call of God upon your life. That's why we must take up our own cross. He's saying accept the fact. You're at war. Your life must be surrendered. Be strong and courageous. Have not I commanded you. Do not be terrified. These do nots are commands. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. There's the biggest thing of the enemy. He uses fear to create discouragement. Discouragement is the thing he pushes most on every one of us. 
That's why I'm so concerned about what's been unleashed in our societies with the fear and the intimidation and the guilt and the shame and the division. I am very much concerned of what is building between people and in our communities. What do we do as believers? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Don't get caught up in the same stuff. Put your feet down. Strong. Take the next step. Let's take the attitude of Christ and take it in against the enemy that has gained in strength around us. And then he says in Joshua 118, whoever rebels against your word and does not obey your words, whatever you may command them will be put to death, only be strong and courageous. He's saying, look, look, I'm telling you right now, if you're going to do this, not everybody's going to go along with you. But they're choosing entropy. They're choosing death. They're choosing comfort. They're choosing retreat. Now, when you start going forward, you want to make sure that you know People are not going to all go with you. Here are three confidence robbers. Experience. They can rob our confidence. The experience of, but I had this experience one and it didn't work. So I'm not going to try again. Every inventor in the world, well, there would never be an invention in the world if that was the math. Emotions. How you feel today, the mood. We all get moods, that's not the issue. The thing is that when we make them our our main focus and we lose our confidence, we lose our courage. Excuses. No, I, I, I really don't think this is the time. I think there's too much risk. These are things that are going to steal your confidence. Imagine if, imagine if Joshua had paid attention to those things. I refer you back to Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Luke 9.62 says, Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. We are in the kingdom of God. This other kingdom's not doing too well these days. Is filled with all the wrong junk and the enemy is being let loose in a way that I have never seen in my lifetime in this complete way. What is our response? The response it's always been. We're about the kingdom of God. We obey him. We carry what he is into this world. The gospel of Christ is the central need of every man and woman's heart. It is the need of every child's dreams and vision. They need Jesus. They need to hear about him fresh. You need to live him fresh. He needs to be alive in you and he needs to be alive around you. We must be very committed to our decisions. There are three sources of discouragement. Problems, 
You're going to have problems whether you stay back here or whether you go this way. It's only the type of problems you're going to have that differ. You choose your set of problems by whether you're going to go past Jordan into what God's got. Then you're going to have problems that are going to come your way that are about the battles. But you've got the Lord in such a, a, a faith a walk that he's bringing you what you need. He's bringing the enemies that you face He is to their knees. He is dealing with it aggressively with you. When you sit back here, you're giving God no opportunity because you're not willing to get out of the boat and walk on water. Boy, I commend Peter for it. He saw an opportunity. Jesus, you're walking on water. Okay, can I come to you on water? He saw the opportunity. He went for it. And you say he failed. He didn't fail. It was the ones in the boat that failed. They never saw even the opportunity. When we stay in comfort, we choose a different set of problems. Now we're subject to the storms and beating around the boat and all of that. And we get these things that come because we're not really doing anything with it. Now we have the problems of things like fear and loneliness. Now we have the problems like fear that build up other awful things in our life. Like we put up huge walls. We try to always find the safe way and everything. And we lose every adventure that God could possibly bring to us. When you choose life, You got to be really committed. Problems, pressures. Got enough pressures? I feel so much for our business community. Our children, our schools. I feel for our leaders, our politicians, the pressures. These pressures bring discouragement. And that is what you are feeling all around every street in our city and in our region and in our community and throughout the world is discouragement. Why is that so bad? Because the enemy uses that to destroy the soul. What is the one force in this world that can bring alive a soul? Jesus. And who does Jesus use? His church people we must not bite into the same stuff we must choose life we must ourselves take on those pressures differently and saying, God, you're going to do something good. There's an opportunity here to walk on water. There's an opportunity for light to be very bright. There's an opportunity for goodness to shine above that which is evil and divisive and wrong. Another source of discouragement is people. We talked about this. You start moving a life forward, I guarantee you that not everybody's going to come with you. You have a lot of people that love comfort around you. A lot of brothers and sisters in the Lord of yours may love comfort. They live by a negotiation plan. How much does it hurt? Linda and I got our shots yesterday. No, two days ago. No worse than I remember all of the other ones. People, go forward. Be willing to be one with God. 
Because if you're with God and not with everybody you'd like to bring along, you're in the right place. The Lord is my shepherd, individual. Totally individuated statement. The psalmist is writing, he's mine. If that's what you've got, that's the best. And then God, you know, uh, is gonna bring you some great gems as you go along because then you're gonna find others that were willing to have Jesus as the main center and then people like that who have Jesus as the main center and in the practicality of choices of life will come and walk alongside you. And you will be picked up. You will have the strongest of relationships because that's what's required. Fourth, let defeats correct you. Don't let defeats keep you down. You will have defeats. They had it in in AI, second battle. And then God said, we gotta deal with the ache and we gotta deal with this sin in the camp. We gotta deal, we gotta clean some things up. We gotta make you stronger. Take this defeat and learn from it so that you don't repeat it again. Too often when we take our defeats and we kind of wallow in it, say, well, gee whiz, you know. Gee whiz, God, where were you? I mean, come on. Or we just say, I'm just not good enough for this. I can't do this. You're just finding a way out. There's no other option. If you want to go forward, you're at war. Number five, be sure about God's dependability. When God promises something, folks, he carries it out. Four things God promises in these scriptures if we obey. In Joshua, uh, in Joshua, it says, it talks about his power, that he is going to be with us, that nobody will be able to stand up against us all the days of our life. It's found in Joshua 1.5. No one can stand up against somebody that is going to take what God says to do and does it. That doesn't mean you won't have some defeats. It doesn't mean you're not going to have to battle discouragement. In fact, it means you will because the enemy is going to bring at you stuff. He takes notice and he's going to bring at you stuff. But he's a con man in this regards. He has no more authority in the sense of controlling you. It is God's word and God himself that directs you and controls you. Power. If you will trust God, he'll give you the power. He'll give you protection found in the very same verse. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will protect you. Your rod and your staff, are that, that they're, that I'm, I, they comfort me. Third, prosperity. Do not let this book of the law in Joshua 1.8 of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. What, in what? In what God asked them to do. Let's go get the land. They were going to be prosperous in going and getting Canaan. And they were going to do it because God said he would give this to them if they would just obey what he says. Now you want that change in relationship. You want that change in your life. Prosperity is not about money, folks. That's the least way to measure it. The best way to measure prosperity, the Bible does, is of your soul. 
And he's saying, you're gonna have that life where your family's gonna have that land and you can go out there and sweat a little bit and you can build a life and you can feed your kids and, and you can grow up uh, these kids in your home and, and you can enjoy the community around you of faith that you have built and walked with these other warriors and you fought and stood beside them and you have been somebody that obeyed God and now you've got all of these people you've got through all of these fights with around you. What a rich soul life you have. You will be prosperous and successful because you hung in there with that marriage and you're going to get this prosperity and the success because you built something fantastic because you obeyed my word. You trusted him. And finally, presence. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you. Wherever you go. Wherever you go. You prepare a table for me right in the middle of my enemies. Oh my gosh. My enemies surround me. What do you do? You prepare a banquet table. Does this make sense? You make sure that I am fed, looked after, protected. I can sit at this table and know that you are looking after me and you have got the enemies. His presence is with you. You want to know how to increase the sense of God's presence in your life? Obey him. Obey what he's told you to do. Surrender to him in that obedience. And his sense of presence in your life will increase in manifold ways. And finally today, just a scripture to finish with Joshua 24, 15. Now remember this. The only option you have as a believer is war. Believers that try to find other options stay in the comfort zone. Back over here, they never cross Jordan. Don't be that kind. That kind today will get swallowed up by what is happening. Cross over. Joshua 24, 15. Joshua is speaking at the end of this entire journey. His days are done. He's completed his life. He's carried out his mission. He's walked with the best of men and women. They have accomplished amazing things together. They have completed a vision that was over 400 years in the making. They have done something phenomenal. They have built now the possibilities of the most sense of God's presence in this world upon a communities where they could build them and raise their families and their dreams. And here's what he says to them with his final charges. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, if you want to be obedient or disobedient in this case, if it seems like it's too much for you, if it's undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me, in my household. What can you speak for? Maybe it's just the me for you, but you might have a household full of kids. You're speaking for them. But as for me and my household, 
we will serve the Lord. If you make that decision that strong, right now in the area where you know obedience needs to go up, if you make that decision right now, I promise you the enemy is going to come against you in a way that's different than any other time. But the Lord will be more than enough. Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Bible tells us that God raises up a standard. And he'll say, "Uh uh-uh. I have given them. They took the step. They get that piece back off. But you have to take the step first. What's your step? What's the step in your home? Mother's Day. Are you a warrior? I believe you are. If you aren't, I know you want to be. This war is for those that decide they will obey what God says and build what God wants and take what God has given them. Go take it. Choose life. Father, as we end this service in a word of prayer, I pray that we would have that sense of raising a hallelujah right in the midst of all the battles of life. That is like a war cry. It's a war cry that's saying, I praise you, Lord, in the middle of all of the things that I'm up against. I praise you because you're allowing me to take steps against an enemy that would normally trash me, beat me, pound me down. But because of you, I have defeated him. And I will continue to take steps and be courageous and strong. Father, I pray in hearts right now as they listen And as they respond to this, that the Holy Spirit will cause a warlike cry to rise up in them that speaks to this time in their families, in their homes, in themselves, and says enough is enough is enough. And they start taking steps where they know that they have to up the obedience. And they start finding in you, Lord, a new sense of your presence, a new closeness, a new greater faith that's being strengthened because they're actually working it. They are out of comfort, but they are into beautiful challenge, into the beauty of building good things, and they are alive in a world that is dying. God, I pray that you'll help us. Help each heart to grab these truths today. And may we plant our feet strong and may we boldly take your name to the regions that you've planted us in. And may we see to the glory of God this amazing beauty of what God can do in lives that choose to let God be God. If you're out there today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior, bow your head. Surrender your life. Receive Christ as a savior for your sins. He died for them. Receive his power because he he raised from the dead to demonstrate his power over all things. And he gives you eternity because he cleanses all sin. Past, present, and future. There is no sin that you've committed that has not already been paid for. The only thing standing between you and that gift is your own decision. 
what will it be today? Here's a little prayer you can pray. And you would say this, Father in heaven, I want to be free. I want my life to have meaning and purpose. And if that takes war, it takes war. But I need Jesus. And I receive Jesus as my Savior. That will forgive me and bring me mercy for each and every sin. That he will be with me in presence as I plant my feet. And go the direction that you have for me. So Lord, here is my life. Take it. It's yours. I surrender to you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. You are my CEO. I give you all that I am. I want what you've got for me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.